and Carl's excellent podcast show. Hi, Carl. How's it going, Rob? It's time to start relaxing. I hope we get this right. It's time to listen to our extra show tonight. It's time for my new stories and my wild style phone. It's time to laugh out loud, together or alone. I'll be a record breaker. I'll review all of my songs. Can I get original or cover? Other interesting segments. And now let's get this started. It's time to get this started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, innovational. This is our excellent podcast
A woman has been surprised by her husband's reaction to her breaking wind during an evening on the couch. Becoming furious, he blasted her as nasty and unladylike and demanded she learn some respect. After you've been with your other half for a while and begin to feel more comfortable with each other, it's only natural that there will be a few farts and burps along the way. Given that breaking wind is a perfectly normal bodily function, you'd expect to hear the person you love and share a bed with trump every now and then, and most wouldn't see it as a particularly big deal. However, a one woman has been left a little taken aback after her husband of five years told her off for farting in front of him, telling her to act like a real lady. Taking to Reddit, the baffled wife described the situation as ridiculous. Her husband is convinced she's done something wrong by breaking wind, but she doesn't get his outrage at all. She now wonders whether or not there's something she's overlooked. The anonymous 34-year-old woman, who goes by the username uh, same underscore step, wrote, We've had a really successful marriage with few hiccups or significant arguments. Yesterday, I was watching TV with him whilst resting my head on his lap when I farted. He asked, did you just fart? I answered yes, and then he said, don't do that in front of me, it's nasty and unladylike. I could sort of understand the nasty bit, but was it unladylike? She continued, in a grumpy mood, he got up from the couch and went into our bedroom by himself. I attempted to speak with him and ask him to express why he was so unhappy, but all he said was that I needed to learn some respect and act like a real lady around my husband. The woman, who is still very confused about their disagreement, clarified that she had passed gas accidentally and she hadn't done it deliberately. She also confirmed that her husband farts a lot in front of her, something that she says doesn't bother her that much. There you go. What do you think? Mm. Is, uh, 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 yeah. Are you a, a, a fart welcomer or a fart shunner? Well, in, in terms of my wife farting, I've, I've, I've never heard a fart. And uh, if I said anything otherwise, then uh, um, she would uh, never surely deny fart. it. So, so that's, 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 all, that's all I can say on that one, because uh, um, there will be trouble otherwise. Um, this guy sounds like he's... Um, be, it would be brewing, would it? There'd be trouble brewing. <laughs> this, this guy sounds like he's uh, kind of stuck in the past a little bit. I half imagine that he's got the... Uh, his wife there doing all the, the, the cooking and the cleaning, the, the housework, and whilst he goes out to um, Victorian to work. values. Yeah. A Reese, uh, Reese Moggs, what's it, whatever his name is, that conservative dude who lives in these Victorian ways. No, I, just, I, um, I actually did a really loud fart the other day. It was really loud, and it was long, and it, and it weren't one that I had to force out or anything like that. And I, was, and I actually texted my wife to say how disappointed I was that she wasn't around to, uh, to hear it. <laughs> because I think she would have been proud. Because it wasn't, it wasn't one of those ones where you kind of like could gag a maggot or anything like that. But uh, no, but I, I, I think bodily functions are funny things. I absolutely find them really funny. It, it, it is it's one of those, it is one of those, um, those sounds that, that kind of a, 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 a pleases the... Uh, the, 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 the inner child's sense of humour. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, you could do, two, you could do two farts. You could do two farts, right? And they could both sound completely different. Yes. You know, you could get really nice squeakers. Oh, man. 
I uh, and you never you never quite know how they're going to sound, do you? Yeah. Have you ever sharted? Or smell? Have you ever sharted? Sharted? Where no. you farted and nearly shit yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, oh blimey! When was it? They just released um, alcoholic ginger beer, and I and I love ginger beer. I used to do these things called Jamaican mules, which was. Um, uh, rum and ginger beer and a, uh, a bit of lime Ooh, juice. Nice. That is nice, actually. It was um, yeah, so it's called a Jamaican mule. I think a Russian mule is obviously just a vodka uh, replaced with uh, replacing the rum with ginger beer. Anyway, this alcoholic ginger beer. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, I had about three or four of it. And then the next day, I was uh, I was hoovering up. It's not just just hoovering the living room, and it was like one of those ones where I kind of like, and it was like, whoa! It was a very, very close call, but I'm putting it down to the fact that there's probably a lot of ginger in the beer. It helps with digestion, doesn't it? Uh, so ginger. Certainly helps with mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, no, ginger is very, uh, very good for you, indeed. Um, so yeah, what are you, uh, what have you been up to the last? Uh, what you've been watching the last two months since the last show? Not massive, Have you watched no, any more Toast? Not, any more Toast? No, I haven't. I haven't. I honestly haven't really watched a great deal. It's um, TV broken. Sorry, your TV's broken. It's not. It's not. I've just not been into a, a massive amount of of TV. If if I'm honest, the the only thing I have been trying to catch up on is is a, a rewatch of Stranger Things. The series starts at the end of the month uh, on the twenty seventh, and um, I've only ever watched it once as as, it, as it's kind of come out. So uh, I'm, I've been trying to get the odd episode in as and when I can, or parts of an episode as and when I can, just a, a few minutes here and there. So I'm, I'm just over halfway through the second series. Um, so I've got I think another two or three of of that that season to go, and then season three before. I think it's not this coming Friday, the, the, the Friday after the 27th, uh, that the, uh, the the new season drops. So I'm hoping I'll have caught up by then. But no, I've not really watched a great deal other than other than that. So just just life and you know work and bits and bobs kind of taking precedence over over the TV. <clears throat> well, I was just going to say, what is Stranger uh, Things? What is you've it? Never, you've never seen it? No. So if you had to do, uh, give me a summary, is it a bit like, I imagine it's a bit like um, Stand By Me, is it? Those... It's, well, it's initially set in the mid uh, 80s, so that there's that whole 80s nostalgia thing going on there, and, and it's, it's great for referencing pop culture from the time and just everything that's this 80s. Uh, lots is, of a lot of, is there synthwave in it? Synth there wave. is synthwave in it, there's a fantastic um, score might, all the I way think. through it. It's, it's, it's gorgeous and um it's just oh, was a it original 80s trip and um it's it's, it's essentially about these uh, it starts off with these four four lads that kind of get caught up in this adventure this the, all these happenings within the town that they uh, that they they live and they're all i think staff about sort of nine or ten and uh um yeah it's it's, it's there's elements of science fiction of horror in there there's, there's, let's say, lots of little nods and references to everything 80s from, you know, the, the kids dressing up as Ghostbusters in, in one episode mm. and there's there's kind of nods to um, 
Goonies and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There's there's, there's so many little references that uh, you can you can pick up knowing those those sort of movies and and, and things of, of the time. So it's yeah, it's, it's a great little nostalgia trip. Nice. When you said about the uh, the synth way, the, is, is some of the stuff originally composed then? It's all original. It's all original for the oh, show. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have to have a listen to the soundtrack on there. Uh, yeah, it's Spotify. They've. Uh, I, th- I think there's there's two there's two CDs released for the first series, and I think it was one then for the the, the second and the third. But they, they've got a great eighties soundtrack, eighties and a little bit of seventies in there as well. Um, music from from that whole era. So the the actual music they use in in the show as well is uh, is, is really really good. Oh, I have to check that out. <clears throat> One of the things I've been trying to, uh, I say trying to watch, and I really struggle, because it's something that a few people uh, have told me is like the funniest thing ever, and it's Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched any Seinfeld? No, episodes? I think I've seen little bits here and there, but I've, I've no, essentially, no, no I've I mean, not uh, really watched it. Because I, I, I don't know why, but like, because obviously, every, I think every episode starts with a stand-up bit of, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, but I just, I just can't get that eighties or uh, sorry, eight, uh, early nineties kind of <clears throat> stand-up American comedian. That whole thing of oh, and another thing, oh, and another thing, that kind of observational thing, and oh, and I did this and I did that, and oh, and then you know, what? And I'm like, that's not funny, you know. It just by any stretch the imagination, I just don't find it funny. And then. I like George, who's a bit of a neuro- neurotic kind of character, and um, but even then, I imagine after a while, I would just find that really. Uh, but Julia <clears throat> Dreyfus, I think it is, she's just—I mean, I saw her in Veep, which she's really funny, and I just think she's so beautiful. That woman is just—it's um, just one of those. I don't know if she's had any work done, but she just has one of those good genes <clears throat> or a good doctor. Who knows? <laughs> One thing I did finish, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, is Cobra Kai. Great, just in time yeah. for season four that comes out in September. Is it season four? Uh, sorry, season five. I was going to say, season, geez, season five. I've, just, it, um, I'll say I've watched the wrong. What have I been watching? Yeah, yeah. Then? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I uh, but another uh, a gripe, right? And uh, oh, apologies. not another one. Yes, right. Um, Apologies, obviously, if people haven't watched it yet, you might want to fast forward it in about a minute. Is obviously Daniel Russo, they lose, it, you know, Cobra Kai, that's it. they're victorious, even though it is an underhand, hollow mm-hmm. victory, as we find out. But instead of being graceful and taking it as Daniel LaRusso or Johnny Lawrence would have wanted and said, right, okay, we've won, you now need to pack up and F off. No, what does Daniel LaRusso do? He wants to come back again. It just goes to show his character being a complete and utter dickhead, I find. You know, yes, it's right that they should do about, you know, good against evil and, 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 and everything else, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know. And obviously, yes, I like the bubbling under of certain stories of, you know, how Daniel LaRusso's son, you know, was a bully and, you mm. know, uh, and then the other kid kind of, uh, kind of got his revenge on him and, and, and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know if I'm going to watch the next season. I don't really? know. If it, really? Yeah, or wow. it might just be one of those things where 
I might just have a look on Wikipedia at what the episodes say, and if it looks interesting, I might watch it, or if you say it's it's good or whatever it is, but... Of course I'll say it's know. good. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah, the, it's the joint best thing on Netflix, like with Stranger Things. Yeah. Just moving on quickly, a couple of things I've been listening to. I don't know if you've been listening to much at all, have you, or is it just bits and pieces like radio? Uh, in terms, terms of music, no, nothing. Nothing at all in, in the music front, I'm afraid. So, uh, oh, sorry, what I want to say is Obi-Wan. That's going to start soon, isn't it? I know yes. you said about Stranger 27th uh, of May as well, the same date. Oh, and I think they're releasing two, aren't they? They are, yes. Obi-Wan, because yes. they had to delay it, and there's a kind of... Uh, thing i'm really looking forward to that that should be mm-hmm. quite good now um sorry no two two uh there's a thing there's a new app i've been listening to or uh playing because have you heard of that wordle thing or whatever it is where you had to try and guess a word in so yeah, many goes. I've, seen, I've seen people posting yeah, bits on facebook exactly. and stuff like that oh, that's but. the thing who wants to know that i don't care if someone gets it it's like when people do personal bests and they share it it's like it's called the personal best for a reason Keep it personal. I don't give a monkey's uncle about that, you know? Wonderful if you've managed to, I don't know, do whatever and have your protein shake after. No, um, Hurdle. What it is is that you, um, uh, every day you get a new song. And what it is is they, they play one second of the song. And if you can't guess it, then they then play another second of the song. And then each time they mm-hmm. kind of give you, or they give you two seconds, sorry, so it's, you get three mm-hmm. seconds of the song. And then you get six seconds of the song, then you get 12 seconds of the song, and then you have to guess what it is. There's another one as well for, about, for movies. And what it is, is it plays the whole movie in one second. And if you, and so you see it on screen, but it's almost kind of like blink and you miss it. You can't, you know, wow, then you move okay. on to the next one and you can do it, move on to the next one. I've actually got a couple in, in one, and one of them was The Karate Kid. Hey. The other day, so exactly. <laughs> I was like, hey. I, should, I should hope so. With with uh, you know everything we put into the uh, uh, the, the the episode that we did well, exactly uh, a couple of years exactly. back. I think what it was is it was a it was a split second of like Daniel Larusso wearing the headband, and it was mm-hmm. like bang. Of course, nice. that just sticks in the head. Um, in terms of listening, I've been I don't know lots of playlists, lots of almost kind of weird not weird stuff, but revisiting a lot of older albums. Um, and just hearing bits on the radio, and I've been listening to a lot of Richard Hawley. I always do, I don't know why, it's just my go-to. If I go for a drive, whack, that's on. Um, the Black Keys have just released a new album, Dropout Boogie. Okay, um, cool. I've, only li- I've only listened to that once. I've got the vinyl, that kind of got, that got delivered on Friday, but I was so busy I didn't have time to actually unwrap it or anything, so I've listened to it via Spotify once, and then or tomorrow, when I'm back in the office, it'll be on the turntable and it'll be nice. played. Um, one thing you I did be able listen to appreciate to... that, don't you? You don't want to just kind of well, put it on exactly. for the sake of putting it on. Exactly, exactly. And plus, it'll help me through my Monday morning. I think I always have Mondayitis uh, when I'm <laughs> back at work. And another thing that I've uh, that I listened to over a period of time was the podcast that I sent to you probably about two years ago, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Wind of Change. Yeah, that was that was about, good. That was good. About you the sent CIA. it to me, and I listened to it before you. Exactly. I listened to the first episode, and I was like, "Wow, I think you'd really like this." Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so just just for our listener or listeners, I don't know, um, Wind of Change. It's uh, it's a podcast. Uh, seven or eight episodes, I can't remember. And yeah, about that. It, 
it explores the 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 guy who's the podcaster, a friend of his works for the CIA, and he says to him, Oh, he's heard from an older member of the CIA that Wind of Change was written by the CIA to help with uh, bringing Western influence into Russia. Oh yeah, behind the, the Iron Curtain and, uh, and what have you. And it was really good, you know, I must admit. But then mm. I did kind of like, with most American podcasts, you get that like vocal fry, which was, has been made famous by like, the Kardashians. And the way that they talk, it's almost, you can do that kind of, <laughs> you get that vocal fry in your voice and everything sounds like a question. And I didn't know that. And I was just, and after a while I was like, oh, because there was another one I tried to listen to, like stay away from Matthew McGill or something or other. And it was like, oh, and then it goes, branches off and it's all about the podcast and his sister and the relationship and everything else and how it kind of links in with this Matthew McGill fella. And I'm like, who gives a monkeys about your family? It could be any American family. But anyway, these are all these, all these wonderful things that, uh, that I watched. But, uh, and um, did you, sorry, just, just quickly, did you watch the Eurovision Song Contest the other day? No. No, I no. did. And it's the um, first time was in it? ages. Yeah, and then, well, I say it's the first time in ages that I've actually enjoyed it for what it was. Right. Yeah. No, I, I got home uh, and, and it was already on. I got home from work and it was already on and uh, uh, my wife and daughter had it on and they watched it all the way through, but I just couldn't sit through it and uh, had, to, uh, had to leave them to it. Well, the thing is, what, uh, it's, it's so crazy just in terms of, because um, they're saying like, oh, how we, you know, the United Kingdom, we've come second and, you know, we've really, you know, the, the, whoever the, the singer is, has brought everyone together and like, you know, you know, got us back into like the Eurovision and stuff like that. But it's, it's got nothing to do with that at all. It's all political because mm -hmm. we yeah, got zero points good. before with like Brexit. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at who got zero points or six points or the lowest score, whatever it is, it was Germany, right? Yeah. And if you see who won, Ukraine. Yeah. So, okay, sympathy let's vote. just, uh, well, I, I, yeah, so the political kind of sympathy vote. And the fact is, where are they going to host it? You know, in a great big bunker underground, like, sorry if your signal cuts out. But, you know, we're having to go through about 10 metres worth of thick concrete uh, to, to bring you this broadcast. But, like, when you think about Germany, because they've not, they've not cut, um, uh, was it, they've only supplied, like, some helmets or something to the Ukrainians? It's like, oh, well, yeah, here's, here's some helmets to, to help in the, the fight, because they don't want to have their power cut off by Russia, fundamentally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why... Um, you know, but anyway, that's, that's a nice tie-in, isn't it, with the wind of change in the, you know, Eurovision and yeah, Russia yeah, and, yeah, and stuff like that. Background. Very good. Well, exactly. And, and you know what song I'm going to play next, don't you? Is it Wind of Change? Is it? I hated that song. I tell you, I hated that song when it was released in the 90s. Really? I didn't like it at all. I don't like Scorpions. <laughs> oh, they've done some good stuff. Oh, it must have bypassed me. Anyway, here it is, something completely different.
Many of us will struggle to get a good night's sleep, especially at times when we're feeling particularly stressed out or anxious about things. Popular methods of drifting off vary from sipping a good old-fashioned cup of chamomile tea before bedtime to spritzing a sweet-smelling lavender spray on your pillow. But there are some more unusual, lesser-known techniques out there. Excuse me. For instance, a doctor has claimed that putting a pack of ice on your chest between your breasts can work wonders when it comes to getting a restful night, advising people to wrap the ice in some cloth before holding it in place for about 15 minutes. Taking to TikTok, health and well-being expert Dr. Alan Mendel, best known to fans as Motivational Doc, that's a, that came up, that took a while to come up with that one, mm. explained uh, putting something cold on your upper torso will help activate the vagus nerve. I thought the vagus nerve might have been somewhere else in the body. Isn't that a little bit lower? That's what I thought. Just south of the belly button, isn't it, I think. Uh, the doctor who shares content by the username Motivational Doc added, this helps calm you down. So take an ice pack, put it on the chest. This will uh, distress your body and send you off 
de-stress, sorry, not to stress, this will de-stress your body and send you off to sleep. According to Healthline, the vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve in the human body, running from your brain stem to part of your colon. It's responsible for a number of internal organ functions, including digestion, heart rate, breathing, and cardiovascular activities, as well as reflux actions such as sneezing, coughing, swallowing, and vomiting. The vagus nerve is closely linked with the quality of sleep, with its functions including balancing the nervous system by implementing a relaxation response, one of the most important aspects of a good night's sleep. The helpful video has been viewed more than 1.6 million times and many of Dr. Mendel's followers are keen to add the tip to their bedtime routine. Uh, one person wrote that this same method helps my panic attacks and hot flushes at 100%, while another commented, yep, it's how I breathe better. When my heart is racing or I can't breathe properly, I do this. There you go. So yeah, interesting. Um, Have you got any methods that help you fall asleep? Um, yes, putting ice on my wife's chest. <laughs> um, do you know what? No, I don't really, because I used to... I used to have a major, major issue about trying to get to sleep. I, I would be in bed normally for about half an hour um, mm -hmm. to try and uh, get to sleep, and it would just be like, and then it'd be the worst thing. And then I'm a very light sleeper, so I could get woken up from something or other, um, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and that'd be it. I would be able to then drift off to sleep, and it'd just be, you know, pants basically. In terms of anything, no, there is something out there where they say about the, what the military use, isn't it, about you can tense your, I don't know, tense your muscles, you start from your legs and then you relax them or whatever it is, you mm -hmm. just hold them tense and then you relax it. But what about yourself? Do you have any issue, any methods, any? No, um, I mean, most, most of the time, as soon as my head hits the pillow, within 30 seconds, I'm, I'm asleep. So, um, yeah, generally, generally, I don't need to worry about that too much. That's good then. So, well, they're talking of uh, doctors, dentists, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I went to the dentist a couple of weeks ago. I had to have two fillings. I know. Oh, but luckily they're both on the same side. And so they were, um, they were able to do it both at the same time, which in some respects, having two fillings one after the other, I really did, uh, by the end of it, I didn't enjoy it at all. I'm not no. saying I enjoyed it. It's not like I was... Dead, dead excited to go to the... Uh... You don't do it for fun, do you, dentist? No. no. Well, the thing is, I'd, I had been to the dentist probably about four years because I'd been and then it was like a year had passed and then I moved from London to Norwich and then like it was a year of just like getting my house sorted out and work and, and everything, everything new, basically, of being in the area. And then bang, COVID hit and it was like, well, everything seems fine with my teeth. I didn't have a problem with it. And then, oh, I can't remember, I think it was February, I started to get a lot of, odd niggle. So I got a, um, an appointment to see them and, and everything. So they said, oh, wait, you need two fillings. And I thought, all right, fair enough. But the worst thing was um, they, uh, in, obviously they inject your gum or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, we'll do, the, we'll do the top one first. So she injected it and I didn't even feel a needle go in or anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that bad with needles. Uh, actually needles going in anywhere other than in a vein in my arm I just can't I can't I can't do that <laughs> that thing of like you know we need to take some blood oh my god you know knock me out if 
Well, no, it was, um, she was the, 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 the lady who was the dentist who was doing it. Because obviously the noise, I think, because even though you've got that numb thing and you've got no pain, well, this is the thing that the, yeah. the numbing, the, an, uh, the, an, uh, the anesthetic didn't work properly uh, when she was doing does. the top one. Yeah. So she was doing it, and I, was, and I was like, ah, and she was like, oh, okay. Um, well, we'll inject some more, yep. and then she'll then she'll do some the, the bottom one. So I was like, okay. So she gave me a, she, she gave me another dose of it. And they mm -hmm. said, oh well, maybe the you know it takes a you know it takes a while for the, the thing to, to come or whatever it is. But anyway, they said, right. Well, what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll, we'll use a different drill. So instead of using the high powered like one, they used it. She said, I'll use a bigger drill. Uh, but it was more of a like a borer, and it was like, <laughs> and what it did, it made my whole head vibrate. Oh no! And it was that whole thing of like, okay, I'm not feeling any pain in my no, but you mouth, there's still a physical sensation there, isn't there? But that whole thing that it was going <laughs> in my mouth, and I was like, oh my god, this is like the worst ever. And it was more to do with that, and then you know, I was completely pain free. Because uh, she said to me, how is it? And I tried to reply, and I was like, ah, ah, ah. She said, just mm. say yes or no. But it's like, oh, but I didn't want to be blunt. You know, I didn't want to be rude. You know, has it, yeah, no. Yeah, but they, thought, oh. they ask you an open question, don't they? So you've got to give, yeah. you've got to kind of um, uh. give more than a, an answer of a kind of a, a yay or a nay. Yeah, and I felt, and I felt bad. <laughs> she said, just say yes or no. I was like, okay, sorry. I nearly said, ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, the whole thing of trying to be like uber polite, you know, you're, you're about to, you know, you, you, I'm, I'll do whatever you want. Here's my pin number, just leave my teeth in good, good nick. But then, overall, I mean, once it had all finished and everything else, I, I was really glad of it. And you can't even tell where the, um, the fillings been put in. Yeah, it's not, not, not too bad. But where, have you been, when was the last time you went to the dentist? Have you had any fillings recently? Yes, um, I had a filling a couple of months ago actually, which is it was, it was a replacement filling, and unfortunately the uh, uh, that the filling is so close to the nerve of the tooth, I'm I'm now having more problems with it, so I know I'm going to have to have that that tooth out very soon. But I'm I'm actually scheduled. Oh, is it when you bite the down the then? You, when sorry? you bite down on when you bite down on stuff. Does yeah. that hurt then? It does. Hot and cold stuff hurts it as well. So I, 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 they did warn me that if this didn't work, this type of filling I had in, that I would have to have the tooth out. So um, that will be mm. coming out um, at some point. Um, but I'm actually due in at the end of the month for an extraction of one of my wisdom teeth that is, um, <gasps> is apparently dead. Last time I had a tooth out, that's it cool. Took, That's an operation, you know, having took, a wisdom took, tooth out. Um, well, they're, they're hoping to, to get this out, but the last last time I had a tooth out, it took two dentists to actually pull it out. The uh, the, the dentist the dentist I was, I was seeing was obviously doing the procedure of, of taking the tooth out, and uh, several several minutes in, and um, he just seemed to be struggling, and uh, I, I think it kind of got, and it's one of those where we're going to need a we're going to need a bigger kind of tool oh. to try and get the try and get the tooth out so and he goes in with his other thing and um still can't get the tooth out and uh he goes i'm just gonna go speak to a colleague and five minutes later he comes back in with this this dentist and he was built like the hound out of game of thrones he was he was massive and and Jeez. and and he basically put his, his his knee on my chest and uh he was pulling away and even he struggled to get this tooth out 
uh, like say two dentists to try and get this tooth out and it was not pleasant at all and I hate the dentists at, at the best of times and it's it's, it's I think it, I think it's, it's it's the build up to having to, to go even if I know I'm having a filling I, I hate the thought of that mm. so uh, it, it's it's yeah I'm not looking forward to, to the end of the month having this mm. having this tooth out I might even have to have both out I, I don't know if, if they can do two for one great but they are on opposite sides oh okay so, they might have to um, do it another time because mm. they won't be able to numb both I don't know how it works. I've, I've had three of my four wisdom teeth out. Yeah. And um, when I, the, the last one I had, what was happening, instead of growing upwards, it was growing uh, forwards towards from the back of my mouth towards the mm-hmm. opening of my mouth. And what that was doing was pushing a tooth next to it up, which was then exposing the bottom bit of the tooth, which was then making the whole area really sensitive. Right. So they said, oh, well, we're going to have to you know, cut it out or do whatever it was. And so I had a young dentist do it. And so he had numbed my mouth all beautifully and everything else, right? Removed it all. And then when he had to, he had to do a couple of stitches in my mouth and stuff like that. But what happened was when he, when he went to put the needle into my mouth, he stabbed it into my lip, which, was not a, which wasn't numb. So I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, of all the places you could have jabbed me. And he was like, oh. Yeah, and then um, I remember just like looking in the mirror when I got home and I had like little red dot on my lip. <laughs> my other two biggest gripes, apart from going to the dentist overall, um, is, is like you say, when, they, when they, they numb you for whatever procedure they need to do, the only time that kicks in properly is when you've had it all done and you've gone down to reception and you have to book yourself your next appointment whilst you can't talk because you're just drooling everywhere. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. my other biggest gripe is you don't get stickers anymore. No stickers, I know. No stickers. I've been a brave boy, those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, I, 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 well, I think when I had my dentist, it was first thing in the morning, and then I went straight after work and I had a meeting. And um, I was trying to introduce, there's a couple of new people in the meeting, and one of the names I just could not pronounce, I was like, I'm sorry. I said, this doesn't sound, I said, this sounds like a lame excuse, but I have just been to the dentist and half of my <laughs> face is really numb and I'm drinking coffee and tea or some water through like a straw and then waiting for my coffee to go like room temperature. I think I had a coffee in the afternoon. It's like, right, don't chance anything mm. with it. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's I've that. I've the whole day off. I know, I, I, I've, um, and any form of dental procedures in, in my eyes is, is like a major dental medical slash medical procedure. It's... Nah, don't enjoy yeah. it. Come back. How was it? I nearly died. Yeah, <laughs> and they had a filling. They had a checkup. We were all about it. Cleaned it. I've been to the hygienist as well. That's that's quite fun. Anyway, um, so that's the flip side. Doctors. Obviously, you don't go to doctors for checkups. But there was um, when I turned forty, I got this leaflet, and it says, "Oh, you now fall into the bracket of between forty and seventy-five." And I thought, well, "This is a big bracket." You mm-hmm. know, normally you get a questionnaire like three or four years, and it was just to go and. You know, how much do you weigh? Do you smoke? Do you, how much do you drink? Do you exercise? What's your favourite colour? La la la. I don't like going to the doctors. Obviously, well, I like going to the doctors because obviously they make you feel better or attempt to for one reason or another. What I hate is the waiting rooms. And it's just... Because it's full of ill people. Exactly. And it's like I probably catch more stuff in the waiting room, well, used to anyway, than when you come out. You know what I mean? It's almost, uh, mm. or you're waiting and you see like someone will come in and it's like, all right, 
and then they get in before you and you're like hang on a minute yeah the, what the hell's going on here I don't know well, I mean the last time I went uh, well, where, where, well when was the last time you went to the uh, doctors recent nothing no no nothing recent at all no no I went um, well not at the doctors I saw this consultant and um it was really funny because um, I, I was having like um, not problems with with uh, weeing or anything else like that, but I was getting like this pain in that area, like around the uh, the Franken beans. And I was like, this isn't right, you know. Obviously, you know, pain in that area is not right. So, and not seeing a neurologist, they couldn't see anything uh, uh, untowards and stuff like that. And then I ended up going to see a uh, colorectal person who's obviously to do with bottoms and um, so we we're talking bits and pieces and then he turns around and says oh he says let me have a look he says uh, I'll get the telescope and have a look right I'm thinking the first thing I'm thinking is like a f-ing telescope you know and of course what what's my bum old gonna do when someone says they're gonna shove something up like a telescope <laughs> I tell you it was it was it was tighter than a drum that so I'm like Perhaps you should use different wordings to uh, to something other than you know. I'll have a telescope. I just imagine something like a pirate would be using, you know, or something to uh... Patrick Moore sort of size telescope. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The <laughs> Hubble or something. I was just like, this does not relax me at all. Anyway, it was nothing, and it was nothing. But I just thought, you know, they uh, they could have used perhaps a uh, better way of, the, of describing it. Yeah. Because um, just incidentally, at the last in the last uh, podcast, if you can cast your mind back, um, there was the doctor quiz where I was trying to tease out it the was. fact of whether you were doing the. Uh, I think, and there was a question which was uh, missed off. I think it was question number two. I've subsequently found it. I nearly posted it on our Facebook oh. page. Nearly posted it on the Facebook page, which is fb.com forward slash excellent podcast show. So get on there, give us a like, and then we'll be posting a few more bits, perhaps, than you've previously been doing. But are you ready for this question? This one question, yes, yes. Should, should, should we do question. the whole music and everything? Let's, let's, let's set the mood. Okay, so mastermind, <laughs> master, mastermind music, just for, the whole for this one, one, one question. Let's go for it. For one let's question. do this properly. Why not? Absolutely. So cue the music. Done. So... True or false? If you press a man's belly button and bum hole with your fingers and hold them in for three seconds, you can pres- you can reset a man. I think that's got to be true, hasn't it? Well, do you know what? My wife did it on me the other day, and I tell you, I didn't move for thirty minutes. <laughs>
A worker has shared a terrible note that their boss stuck up at work as it banned people from eating and encouraging members of staff to snitch on each other for cash. A worker has shared a letter their boss posted at work and now people have been left divided by the terrible note. The document in question was put up in a workplace and informed staff that eating on the job was now prohibited. But to enforce the rule, the employer had offered to pay £16 or $20 to anyone who caught a co-actor in the work, uh, sorry, co-worker in the act. One worker was deeply worried by the letter and shared an image of it on Reddit and soon people began commenting in disgust. The letter reads, warning, all employees must not eat during work hours. Receive a $20 reward if you catch an employee during while eating during work hours. Employees with three warnings will be laid off with no exceptions. The worker who shared the image seemed worried about the atmosphere the letter would create as they thought it would encourage snitches. Not to encourage people not to eat at work, but to encourage snitches. Uh, soon, people began commenting on the post and some said the note would prove troublesome. One said, even from a purely business-minded standpoint, ignoring how a uh, shitty of a way to treat people, this is a terrible idea. Another wrote, uh, they should all go, they should all snitch on each other, get the $20 and go out for drinks. And a third commented, everyone should band together and repeatedly report the manager. Try that one with a <laughs> diabetic employee and brace for impact out of the fourth. The lawsuit won't be pretty, but it will set the employee up for a nice payout. So they, what do you think about uh, eating in the workplace? At your desk when you're meant to be working. I mean, I've I've been very guilty of of, of that in the past. You, you you sit down with a cup of coffee and a sandwich and you, you, you know, doing your admin, um, answering emails, that sort of thing. But I, I would I would always kind of frown on it for my um, uh, my, my my team members to to do that. So I was very hypocritical in relation to that but it is important to grab some time away from whatever your job is just 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 to kind of you know recharge for a few minutes just just to let your your, your brain process whatever and 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 just yeah get a bit of time off from from whatever you're you're doing because hopefully you'll then come back a little bit more energized and refreshed and raring to, to go otherwise you'll just burn out so I, I can see the point of view from the employer it's just the way he did it was was probably wrong. Because mm, when I started work, blimey, so was it 20 odd years ago, 22, 24 years ago, like nobody would sit at their desk and eat their breakfasts, right? No one, apart from on a Friday where that would be a cooked breakfast where, you, where everyone would order it in and that would be delivered. And so you'd have a bacon roll, sausage roll, or fried egg roll, that kind of thing. Anything from a greasy spoon, but that'd be that Friday treat. That'd be the only one time that you would do it, right? Not everyone did it, but it was the option was there. But now, when I was, uh, when I was in the office and stuff like that, you'd go in 
I do get these people, they get like their yogurt out, they get their granola, and it's quite a big, like they're in the kitchen preparing it all and doing all these things. But I'm like, hang on, why are you not, why are you not working? You know, I get with lunch, you get a lunch break, but you don't get a breakfast break, right? And that's, and that's always been like a bit of a, a gripe for me that you come in and it's like, why are you having your breakfast at work? Because I've woken up, I have a son, I help him getting ready for school and getting ready and, and out the door and all those things, right? But mm. I wake up early to ensure I have the breakfast and this, mm. that and the other. And I know obviously people have different circumstances, but when you get these really elaborate meals, or lunch, you know, <laughs> breakfast's going on. It's a bit like flipping egg. And then they wash their bowls up afterwards. And so the whole thing's about half an hour, like 45 minutes. And it's just like, hang on, we're, we're, we're you know, you're not getting paid for this, or are you? Oh, you are, all right, okay. You know, I just find the whole thing a bit ridiculous. And another thing, even more ridiculous than that, is the assholes who bring in fish to microwave mm. in really badly ventilated offices. Because most offices, they have the windows closed so they have the air conditioning on, right? Air conditioning does not filter out smells, although the HEPA filters, which a lot of people should be now employing as a forms of clean air circulation, but most people don't. They think the pandemic's over, COVID doesn't exist anymore. No, we need to look at ventilation going forward. I keep saying that, but it stinks out the whole office. And it's just like, are you so ignorant? And so, well, it's my dinner. You know, I've got the right. It's like, no, not if it's that stinky. You know, maybe I bring a turd in and microwave it. Not that I'm going to eat it, but you know what I mean? It's like the whole thing of, oh, it stinks. Or that fruit from Malaysia, whatever it is, it's meant to be like the foulest smelling thing ever. Or is it the te worst taste? I don't know, it smells. It was in there. Oh, it's um, the vomit fruit, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, why, why do people do it? I just do not understand. There needs to be a law that they could impose yeah. by this, you know, or I, 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 I don't know, which leads nicely into. I see what you did there. Very good, very good. Yes. So uh, I have to the think law. about it. So just, just before we go into this, just just a quick question. When was the last time you sent a, a letter or something something in the post that required a stamp? Um, blimey, probably a while ago, I take it, about three months ago. Three months, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, re the reason I ask is, is a, a, a very odd law that I've discovered here is that if you were to stick a stamp upside down in uh, any form of defiance, onto an envelope or any other sort of package, it could be considered as a, an attempt to dispose of the monarchy. So uh, it would come under the Treason Felony Act of 1848. Wow. So yeah, just by sticking a stamp on upside down, and I have done that on a few occasions, but it, it was never with any any intent. So hopefully I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to face a jail sentence, which, which you could get for, for that. Or, Has anyone ever been jailed for this? I, 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 they, they, they must have done. Well, well, uh, the, 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 the big punishment would, would actually you'd be um, sent overseas. You would be um, taken out of the country hardship. altogether. Or like to Australia or something. I would assume so, yes. Wow, that's not such a bad thing, is it? I mean, it says you did it as a mistake. You know, ah, oh, free trip, free trip to Down Under. 
Exactly. And then, and then what it is, like, then you get all these postcards from your family and it's like, ah, oh, great. Well, yeah, thank you for sending me these stamps, just as a reminder, send me those Queen's heads. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Because in terms of stamps, um, they have a monetary value to them, don't they? So if you buy a stamp yeah. for 78 pence, then in theory, you can go to a shop providing they would accept it. Or they do they have to accept it? I don't know. Can you uh, pay for something legally? Not that stamps? I'm aware of. Uh, obviously working in retail for many years, there was never an option on the till to select um, stamps. Stamp. So, no. Because also, deface, is it ripping up a stamp, defacing the Queen? Is that also a, a defiance against the monarchy? It could be, because you're not allowed to deface... Uh, Notes, are you? You're not supposed to draw on... Not these plastic ones, now. You try to no. rip in a plastic one? Who would try and rip a £10 note anyway? It's like, that's worth well, 10 yeah, quid to pretty me. stupid, wouldn't you? Yeah. Unless it's somebody remember, else's £10 note, in which case that's fine. Can you remember the, 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 the £10 notes when they had those little silver strips going through it and yes. then to prove that it weren't, so people would tear it a little bit? And it's like, hey, hang on, <laughs> I don't want that. Or you get fibres returned to you, like, all sellotaped together. Mm-hmm. I remember I worked at um, Blockbuster and, they, and I remember going into work one time and they were like, oh, can we ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they were saying about, oh, blah, blah, blah. How would I test for a tenner and this, that and the other? And they said, oh, because we basically had a fake one. And I went, no, I've, you know, no, I would have checked doing all these things. And they showed me this tenner and what somebody had done is they'd photocopied it. And it was really bad. And they'd photocopied it and then put it in the photocopier again and and done whatever's, and it was like, oh my goodness. It was so fake. And it somebody still almost, took it. Someone still took it, but that was either me or this other person. And I can guarantee it wasn't me. <laughs> it, it, it was just those, the most ridiculous. Uh, but this other person, swear blind, it wasn't her either. Uh, but it, it just, um, it's the most funniest thing in the whole world. Well, there you go, Strange Laws. Thank you very mm. much, Carl. That's, uh, I look forward to uh, the next law I might have accidentally broken. Next, uh, <laughs> we'll have to keep a, t- a tally of, of those that we've actually done. Yes, I don't think I've ever put a stamp on upside down, I don't think. Are stamps, can stamps be put anywhere on a letter or do they have to be top right? I think they can be placed anywhere, but it's preferable for the top right, isn't it? Because I think then they, and they kind of go through the system and, and then they're, they're printed on oh, they go for the mark that goes yeah. on them. So I think that's why it's encouraged to go So you can't reuse the them right. again, can you? Mm. It used to be really exciting. You'd get a letter and there'd been no print going across the stamp. And it's almost mm. like, ooh, I can reuse this Reuse stamp. that, yes. Yes. Not that I would, because I don't think you can, can you? But just saying, somebody somewhere <laughs> might have done in the past, if they were a particular situation. with the Exactly. Oh, how do you do that? Even like steaming it up in a letter. I would like, I think I might try that. Try and steam open a letter. Um, because I've never tried it, but I was like, no, I think I'm, I just think I'd rip it or I'd burn my hands. Or all the ink would run. There you go, a little project for you before the next show. Do it and then let us know how you get on. If, yeah, I'll, I'll try and send you the WhatsApp message. I'll be like, my hands are burnt. <laughs> I cannot send you the things. Well, here you go, that's uh, Strange Laws. Next uh, up is a bit of a new segment. Um, new but old, 
new but old, if it makes sense, in mm. that it, this is called Rob's Records. And what I, because uh, I realised, obviously we've, we've reviewed uh, some songs, we've reviewed some albums, and they, they felt pretty sporadic and almost kind of albums that I really liked. And I thought, right, actually, let's have it a little bit more kind of formulaic and let's have maybe some stories behind it or, you know, um, important, not important record, maybe important, maybe, maybe, or key records in, in, in my life. Uh, wins that you may or should have heard of, because obviously you were about at the same time, but uh, you may or may not have heard it. And so therefore, you know, it's, it's another bit of music that you've, uh, Get to get to hear. God, I didn't explain that very well, did I? Anyway, these are just records. So this record, right, is uh, is one. It's from um, 1987. It was released, and in order for me to to, I didn't buy it from Woolworths or Derek Smiths or any of the uh, key shops in Great Yarmouth where you would have got your records from. Because Malaysia being the other notable one, um, what I ended up doing was you had to save up. Um, it was either six or eight uh, Nestle Crunch wrappers, and then you could send it off with, I don't know, 75p um, for the Make for, sure you get posted. the stamp on the correct way round, yeah. Well, that for them, anyway, uh, and for 75p. And what it is that you could pick any record in the top 40, seven inch, and they would send oh, it wow. to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, this is really, yeah, we used to have the Nestle Crunch. And um, I thought, right, so I saved up all of these vouchers. And I ended up getting, I'd heard this song, excuse me, I'd heard the song on the radio. And what hooked me on it was the, um, was more to do with the backing vocals, not necessarily the band that were releasing it. So just obviously to uh, let, let the viewers, the viewers, let the listeners, uh, no, it was Wipeout by the Fat Boys with the Beach Boys. Mm -hmm. And so the, it was the Beach Boys backing vocals that really kind of um, did it for me. And obviously I sent you the song a few days ago. Is yes. it, have you heard, had you heard that song before? Yeah, I do, I do, you remember, it? I do remember it coming out. I was nine, so you'd have been you 10, nine. I guess. I'd have been uh, maybe 11, maybe 11. Yeah. No, I do, I do remember it coming out, and, and it was quite big at the time, I think, because the, the, whole, the whole kind of rap thing was, was, was oh, yeah, beatboxing, just, just, weren't it, just, as well? Just big, wasn't it? It was, it was that kind of uh, in, in Beastie thing. Boys. Yes. That kind of thing. Run DMC and... Uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy, that was the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Eric yeah, I, I, do, I do remember it, and, and, and it's, it's quite possibly... Kind of the first introduction or, or conscious introduction to uh, to the Beach Boys as well, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I remember the um, was it the, the beatboxing for it because obviously that is the whole thing of at school people would do beatboxing mm -hmm. or try or, or attempt to, and I don't think that beatboxing on this record is particularly very good either. It does because the um, <clears throat> goodness me the uh, the beatboxer um, he was. Uh, Darren Robinson, um, he was known as the human beatbox. Um, but I find in this song, when you listen to it, it, it does sound like he's almost having like a, uh, like a, a very obese person having a sneezing fit. Because <laughs> when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like anything particularly like, oh wow, that's, uh, 
you know, the the human uh, beatbox type thing. But unfortunately, the uh, Darren Robinson, he died when he was like 28 years old. He died um, not, well, probably, I don't know how many years after that, but um, yeah, he died of like a massive heart attack. And I think he weighed something like 43 stone, wow. obviously being in, in, in the fat boys. Um, there's only one fat boy left. Um, not, that not that they heard any more songs, because they did a, um, so off the back of this uh, one single, Wipeout, they had a, a really popular album because the, the, the Wipeout single was in, in that. And then for their second album, they did uh, The Twist, I think it was, with Chubby Checker. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then that was on that album and they had, uh, so they used the same formula basically to then get um, a, a very well received album as well. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you, I mean, what do you think of the song now when you listen to it? I mean, I, I listened to it and I thought, meh, you know, yeah, back it's, then. It's, I mean, it was, it was never a, a favourite uh, back in the time. I mean, I appreciated it for the gimmick that, that it was. And, um, yeah, it's, it's not something I would personally look to look to put on to listen to. I think if I, if I given the choice of anything Beach Boys, I'd put on the Beach Boys. But it was it it was it was fun watching the, the video and, and listening to it again because I'd completely forgotten about it. So uh, mm. that was that was quite cool. Well, there you go then. Well, let's let's have a listen to it then. Let's take ourselves back to uh, 1987. Um, this might have been one of the reasons why I had a fill-in when I was younger from eating all these Nestle Crunch, all for the sake of the Fat Boys with the Beach Boys singing Wipeout.
Parents were left baffled when a youngster took a bottle of tequila into school thinking it was juice and served it to their friends and soon the youngsters were feeling woozy. Parents of pupils at a primary school are in uproar after one child brought in a bottle of tequila and shared it with their friends thinking it was juice. I mean, surely when you tried it you'd know that it wasn't juice. Local news reports say the child, aged between three and six years old, brought in a bottle of ready-to-drink Jose Carrero Margarita. Well, so there you go, that's where I kind of got confused, I guess. Multiple students at the Grand River Academy in Michigan, US, reported feeling dizzy and woozy after drinking the alcoholic drink served in disposable paper cups. Alex Smith spoke to Fox News and said that her child had taken four or five sips of the drink and was feeling unwell and now parents have been left baffled about how this incident occurred. Another parent, Dominique Zanders, said that her daughter had tried the drink. She said she felt woozy, a little dizzy. The girl poured it into her cup and she drank it and the girl ended up telling her what it is. And she went and told the teacher that there is liquor in this cup and the teacher gave her a funny face. I had a small conversation with my daughter, nothing big, and she told me the girl knew it was liquor. The parents said they were angry about the incident, but not at the child. Instead, they have questions for the staff at the school. Official, officials at Grand River Academy have since released a statement that reads, whilst we try to keep an eye on everything our students bring to school, that's simply not possible. It's unfortunate these type of adult beverages can easily be mistaken for child-friendly drinks. Which, there you go. I think there's a lot of stuff Nowadays, isn't it? That, like hooch, that seemed to be like a fizzy lemonade, full of sugar. That could easily be mistaken for a lemonade drink. But, um, I've never tried it, never tried it, so I couldn't. couldn't oh, I, I think I saw stop. Oh, it's just basically alcoholic lemonade. It was like, oh wow, let's just drink all this and uh, make people's teeth rot out of their skull. Uh, yeah. Devised by dentists. Maybe, maybe, who knows? The only question, did, did the bottle of tequila have the, the, the worm in the bottom? Uh -huh. Who knows? Um, no, it was um, it was like a fruity fruity drink, wasn't it? Uh, it yes, Do you have a yes. worm in the bottom? Do they put a worm in? They used to for tequila. Oh, why would you, why, it why was, would they I, do that? I think it was some something that would add, I don't know, flavour or a certain um, property. To, to, to the drink. Obviously you don't yeah. drink nowadays, do you? I say, yeah, crap. That's what you put into the drink. I mean, the saying that's a good way to go, isn't it, really? If you're a your little thing, it's like, ah, oh, wriggling around. Oh, put me back to where I was. Oh, God, I feel drunk. Oh, I think I'm dying. <laughs> what a way to go. Anyway, this uh, next segment is uh, what, we like, what we like to call Agony Uncle. And uh, this is where our good listeners have written into us with um, problems. And Carl, as Agony Uncle, <laughs> will. This is the first time that Carl uh, would have heard these. So these are completely off yes. the cuff. Right. But uh, this is it's, it's only one Carl. Don't worry, we've only had oh, one okay, submission good. so far. Brilliant. Don't worry. But should any of the uh, listeners wish to submit any for Uncle Carl, to uh, to help you with, then please do. As I say, it's we're on Facebook, and you can search us out at Excellent Podcast Show. And there is methods and means. You just need to click send a message and send us a message, and we will uh, 
propose it to Carl and hopefully make your life a little better. So the first one, Carl, if you are okay. ready. I'm ready, yes. All right, Uncle Carl. During lockdown, I started to watch more pornography. Oh, I've noticed, what? Yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that one of, the, one of the few British porn stars looks a lot like my best mate's daughter, even down to the tattoo on her wrist. Should I tell him or send him a link? And is it still okay to diddle my dangles over it? Is so, Uncle it? Carl, that is it. That is it. That is it. Okay. Um, that is it. So, well, so, uh, they're really I short and sweet. First, what people my first question is: um, When did you realise this? I don't know. They posted it to me. I don't know when they realised this. They just said. So that, again, so this is this is what's been submitted during lockdown. I started to watch more pornography. I've noticed that one of the few British porn stars looks a lot like my best mate's daughter, even down to the tattoo on her wrist. Should I tell him or send him a link? And is it still okay to diddle my dangles over her? So I'm going to say yes and no. Yes, I think I think you should you should at least approach the uh, the, the the topic with with your best mate. Um, and in terms of the second part, no. Well, there you go. All right, well, I hope that's sorted out. <laughs> you want, that you want to help? Yes. Do you, want, do you want any elaborate? Do you want to elaborate on any of these things? I mean, what, just what, send in the link and just say, look, I've been looking at this. No, no, certainly not your... send the link. I think, I think it would be, um, uh, yeah, a, a, a conversation maybe over a, 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 a pint at some point. Um, or would you, would you potentially try and address it with, with the best mate's daughter? It depends how old she is as well, doesn't it? Well, she has to be over He may, be, he may already 18. be aware. You don't know. You don't know. It's, it's a... Yeah. I, 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 can, I can see their dilemma and obviously why it's now been presented to me. So... Uh, well, exactly. I that. wouldn't know what to do. What amazes, what amazes me is that they refer to um, uh, porn stars or, or, or models, the models in this film... It's like, sorry, models. It's like, oh, right, okay. How, how is uh, Jizz being worn this spring? You know, it's kind of like, here's Tiffany wearing a cock ensemble. You know, it's like, <laughs> models. Okay, there you go. Um, quickly moving on. Should I do a confession? Do you want to hear a confession? Go on then, why not? All right, so, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, so off the back of this, confessions, I'm not going to do one every show because... <laughs> But um, I have a confession to make. It's been something that has been bothering me for probably the best part of 10, 30, 34 years. It's been bothering me. I'm not sure. I like, years. I like that. I'm not sure I like where this could be potentially headed. Go on. All right. So it was in uh, middle school, and there was this boy in the class called Simon Brown who was notoriously known for. Uh, farting and then really stinking out the, 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 the classroom. And I was sat on a bank of desks, so you would have two desks. Uh, so, sorry, a desk would seat two people, and you had those lift up bits, like the old school desks where you'd had like the a bucket where you'd have put all your bits and pieces, then slam it down, and that would have you, and that'd be the desk that you'd write on. 
So they had two in front of me and then two kind of like turned up on its end to be in front of me and then another two facing. So in total, you would have eight children sat in a big bank of these, these desks, if that makes sense. So it would be like an I, letter I shape almost. So anyway, I was sat at one end, Ben Batley and Simon Bryan were sat very far away from me at the other end of the table. And I had a really upset tummy and I farted, right? And it really stank. But what it is, is it, it, it crept underneath the table as it were, right? And I remember just looking around and then I looked at Ben Batley's face and it was like, oh my God, Simon, you stink. And Simon was like, what, what? But because obviously he'd, he was known for being a stinky farter, mm -hmm. that no one believed his denials. And <laughs> so then he got, he basically got into trouble for it. And, that, and, that, and, and I felt really bad ever since because it was, it was me who had the upset tummy, but I felt too embarrassed to to this day to this day so if he's listening um, there you go there's the confession yeah exactly i now feel uh, slightly vindicated uh, about that but um just just to make you feel better it wasn't as loud as the fart that i did recently and i texted my wife about it so <laughs> you know don't, don't worry about that so anyway all right um maybe more confessions uh, in, the, in the next show What's next, Carl? It's original or cover. It is, it is indeed. I'd forgotten, I'd actually jumped ahead <laughs> to the next one. So yes, original or cover. So um, it is part of the show where I will play Carl a song and, and Carl will have to guess whether it's original or cover. Now I think the scores are 13, 15 to you. Is that right? I think it might be. Um... I th you did have a lucky run. You did have a lucky run. I did. Run. I know. I've, I've caught up from uh, um, from being quite far behind. It's, 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 I know. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I started off really well, and then and then it just all went went wrong. It went and tits. You you caught up and uh, yeah, went past. Bit... No, we were f we were. I think it might be sixteen fifteen. Sixteen fifteen. Sixteen oh, well, fifteen then. to me. Sixteen fifteen. Goodness me, how long have we been doing this? Too long. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been a few shows we didn't have it on there then. Oh, because obviously it's show 42. Some, some of the specials, wasn't there? There was... Um, oh, of course. Where we where we focused on things like uh, Karate Kid and the, the Fighting Fantasy two-parter and... Uh, yeah, um, I listened to that the other day, actually, the Fighting yeah. Fantasy. Yeah, that was really good, listening oh, to us read I'll tell you what, I've, I, I have been reading a little bit of, of the Fighting Fantasy and uh, some of those are brutally hard. You know, we, we, were, we did so well to actually get all the way through that. And uh, there's the, the some I've read, and, and it's like the third number in, and you're dead. They're that brutal. Well, so, you know. No, 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 no. What it is, you're missing the obvious key ingredient. I am not involved with the decision-making process. That's what it is. And we, we'll complete the book. We'll wipe the floor with it. We did, literally. we did. But yeah, let me know what book it is and uh, maybe we'll do a, 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 another one. And then that could be the shortest podcast that we ever do. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, back with the original Lots. cover. So yes. this, this is The Soup Dragons. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs>
So yeah, that was the Soup Dragons. I'm free. First question, as always, did you enjoy the song? Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a classic, this one, isn't it? It's, it's one that it comes is. on the radio and you can't help but sing along in your head. So uh, do, yes. do enjoy this, do enjoy this, yeah. Released in 1990, it reached number five in the UK charts. Mm. And the Soup Dragons, they took their name from Button Moon? Uh, no, it's the Clangers. The Clangers, that's right, not Button Moon. 
the Clangers. I do you know what? One of the things about the Clangers, where well, uh, the series now, I used to watch that a lot um, when my son was young, and he'd have CBBS on. Mm-hmm. I used to find it so just so chillaxing listening to Michael Palin and all these things, and it was just such a wonderful thing actually after a really hard day at work to put on and just go, oh, I remember the soup, and they said, oh, the soup dragons, and that kind of, I was like, oh, I remember them, the Scottish band from the, the Doodars. But um, anyway, so you enjoyed the song. So um, what do you think then? It's another one of those songs that I, I, I only ever recollect hearing from, from the soup dragons. Uh, if there is another version out there, I don't think I've, I've ever heard it, but there, there are parts of it that, that sound as if they've come from another song which could be kind of the, the cover element within within there so on that basis i'm actually going to say i think this is a cover you are correct am i wow yeah it is a cover it's it so when, when you're saying that this is um interesting that you say there sounded to be another part of a song from there. So they, first of all, I'll let you know that it was originally by the Rolling Stones and it was released on their 1965 album, Out of Our Heads. Um, it was the B-side to Get Off My Cloud, which was released on the 25th of October, 1965. Um, as part of the lyrics, there's the bit that says, love me, hold me, love me, hold me, or something like that, sung a lot better. And that was a direct, direct rip-off of a Beatles uh, lyrics. They'd, they'd taken those lyrics and uh, uh, dropped them into their song. Mm. So, damn you, Carl. I thought this was going to be a tricky one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, the uh, Rolling Stones have subsequently re-recorded it for their stripped-back album. Yeah, so yeah, so oh, it's I'll be interested nice. to hear the original. I'll, I'll I'll check that out. Cool. It's it's not that great really. It's no? um for this one I prefer the Soup Dragons I'm free as opposed to the flip of Candy Flip doing Strawberry Fields Forever, which I now looking back, I didn't really enjoy too much. So the score is now seventeen fifteen to you. You are pulling away. Yes, it's, I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll 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 come back. It's like one of those uh, races isn't waves, it? Where, isn't where, it? where where one guy gets in front and then the other guy gets in front and uh, yeah, cool. Exactly, we'll get there. It's uh, interesting, right? So um, next on our list of merryful things that we like to bring you in our podcast show. Oh, by the way, if you do like the uh, the, the show. Please do uh, share it with your friends because we are building up quite a uh, quite an audience. We have audience members uh, across the the globe, um, notably in America. We are an international. I say I wouldn't say bright young things, bright things. I'd, I would probably say not even Just bright international maybe. or international dim things. Maybe I don't know or just it's just international. That would be a good one. I quite like yeah, in America, dim things. That's got quite a nice roll off the tongue. It sounds like maybe it should be a food item uh, in a restaurant. Maybe dim, dim things. You know. Yeah, no. In America, we've got quite a few people. So, uh, hello, <laughs> good day, mates. Um, movie urban legend. Yes, got another one for you. So, have I got? A, have I? Have I got a guess? This 
whether it's I'm, true I'm going to put not. it to you to begin with and just, just see if you think this is potentially uh, a true or, or false urban legend. And then, and then I'll, I'll, I, can, I can obviously go through some, some details of it afterwards. So uh, this, this one here is... Um, have you ever, firstly, have you ever seen the movie Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox? I have seen the film Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. I think it movie. also has. I think it also has a Beach Boys song in it. It does actually. Well. And, and after I said about first introduction to the Beach Boys, I realised then that um, I was mistaken. And it is the scene in Teen Wolf where he's surfing on top of the van. So um, is that the first time you heard of the Beach Boys? I think quite possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I need to remember. check. I, I need to check whether it was Flight of the Navigator or Teen Wolf. I think it might be Flight of the Navigator because it Ooh. plays the song I Get Around, which for me is just an amazing yeah. Flight Beach of the Navigator song. was 81, 82, I think, that came out. Flight of the Navigator, was it? I'm sure it was, Flight yeah. Yeah. With that boy, with that boy yeah. who's controlling that thing, that soon. I'm sure so it was. So it might have been then, then. Oh. I'm sure it was, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. We'll clarify it for more. our listener uh, by the next show. We remember. Anyway, uh, urban legend. So here, here we go with it. Uh, a mischievous extra on the set of uh, 1985's Teen Wolf pulled out his penis during the filming of the fi- film's final scene, and it made its way into the released film unnoticed. Uh, I'd probably say true. Hmm. So the, only, only, I say, hang on, only on the basis of, I think there is, uh, what's the Bigfoot film? Um, uh, that was um, Bigfoot and the Hendersons was the yeah. film and then Harry and the Hendersons was the TV show afterwards. Yeah, because he's basically got his Franken beans out in that. <laughs> and you can see a ginormous schlong in that, I think, in some of the scenes. But no, sorry, go on. So is it, is it true? Or is it? Well, I'm going to go, in, go, go into this. So, so initially, the, the scene is at the end, end of the movie where the, they, they play, obviously, the, the, the final basketball game. And uh, um, I won't give any spoilers away as to who wins, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the crowd. So this is uh, what's said. And, and, and I do vaguely recollect seeing this in the, um, in, in the movie, picking, picking it out at the time. Uh, Although it's never, in the cinema, quite, quite, quite <laughs> knowing you know what it was about. So, uh, uh, so, so this is what it says. Um, a closer look at this particular moment, uh, it indicates that the extra was actually a woman, not a man. And it looks it was as a penis. If, yeah. Oh, but it's not a penis. It actually looks as if the front of her trousers is unbuttoned, and what you're seeing is is the Shit. white of her of her her, her underwear. Oh. And this, this has actually been backed up by one of the other extras on the movie, uh, a lady called Chris Haggerty. And she uh, explained that um, uh, during the, uh, the, the filming of this, so that the, the girls would often wear quite tight, it refers to pants, we know, obviously trousers, and they were sitting on, on the hardwood benches for uh, long periods of time. And, and basically to, to, to make sitting down more comfortable a lot of the girls would just just undo the front of the trousers and unfortunately one of them forgot to basically do the do the trousers up and there she is with exposed underwear there we go well the thing is i mean uh, wouldn't have people noticed instead of like oh look 
there's a penis. They would look at perhaps who that penis would belong to and go, ah, that lady has very feminine features, that the person has feminine mm. features. Perhaps it's not a penis. But I suppose it's just how those, those um, urban legends grow and develop, isn't it? Is, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, exactly. If you see a penis, you see a penis, isn't it? It's like there's pictures. What do you see? Do you see two candles? Sorry, do you see a candle or two faces? <laughs> Who knows? Well, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's a... Uh, I, suppose, that's I do nice. need to give that movie another watch. That, that was a great movie. Back into the, the penis in the, the end. Time. Yes. No. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching that as well, Michael J. Fox, because at the time, I think it was... It must have been after Back to the Future. I think it, it came out, I think they filmed it just before, just before. Or it, was, it was about the same time, because he was doing Family Ties as a TV right. show during the day, and I know he had to shoot Back to the Future at night, and, and they reckon that this was, uh, a lot of the Teen Wolf stuff was also shot at night time, and this particular scene was shot at 3am in the morning, so oh my it, goodness it, it's, it's so close, it's so close to, to, to that, that whole period, because Back to the Future was 85 as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I mean, at the moment, there's a lot of stuff I want to watch with my son, but he's not at that age yet, but mm. I feel comfortable in, because obviously Doc Brown gets shot in it. I know, obviously, yeah. he probably sees all kind of like, all he's got to do is watch the news, and it's like, you know, with Ukraine going on, it's a bit, you know, war, you know, it's like, oh, uh, should be showing this, these images this early, should you? To potentially children who are watching it. Mm. Um, but no, I, I definitely want to show him uh, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, although he's, he's watched Star Wars, which maybe, you know, I guess they cool. shoot people, don't they? And it's not gory, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You know he's, he, he knows the word butthead, so he won't worry about anything <laughs> that uh, Biff Tannen has to say. But, and I do enjoy the uh, 1950s style of clothing. All right, well, that's good. Movie Urban Legends. So we touched upon it briefly. Uh, this is show 42. Obviously, we have done the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy special as one of the first few shows that we did. And those familiar with Douglas's, Douglas's, Douglas Adams's work are familiar with the answer to the Earth, the universe and everything. Is being 42. And I wondered, Carl, and I don't know if you're the best person to know this, but you're the closest person who I know knows a lot more about Douglas Adams than I do. Why 42? Why is it a special number? What is, is there anything significant about it? Or, I mean, why not 24? Uh, that, that is a, 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 obviously a, a very good question. Uh, and uh, people have kind of looked into the, the significance of, of the number 42 and why... Douglas Adams chose the number 42 as the, the meaning of life, the universe, and, and everything. Um, well, the answer to the ultimate question, which is um, six times nine, whichever way you want to, uh, to look at it. And uh, there, there is, a, there is a, a reason behind Douglas choosing this, this particular number. And uh, he, he's, he was actually quite open about uh, how he came up with it. But before, before I jump into, into that, 42, the number 42 has um, quite a lot of significance within, within life, the universe and everything. So I was just going to quickly run through, through some of these that I've, I've, I've kind of found out quite recently. So uh, um, 
on the page on page 42 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone Harry discovers that he's a wizard so very significant there there's a Doctor Who episode called 42 that is exactly 42 minutes long the Titanic was traveling at a speed equivalent to 42 uh, kilometers an hour when it collided with the iceberg uh, in East Asia including parts of China tall buildings will often avoid having a 42nd floor because of uh, tetraphobia, which is fear of the number four, which sounds very much like the word death in those languages, which is C. Um, and then also likewise, 4, 14, 24, etc. Elvis Presley died at the age of 42. Uh, Toy Story's Buzz Lightyear spaceship is named 42 as well. And Fox Mulder from the X-Files, his apartment number was, was 42. Mm -hmm. uh, the atomic bomb that devastated Nagasaki in Japan contained the, the, the destructive power of 42 million sticks of dynamite and a single Big Mac contains 42% of your recommended daily intake of salt. Um, three of the best-selling music albums uh, of all time, Michael Jackson's Thriller, ACDC's Back in Black and Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon all last for 42 minutes according to this information here. And um, uh, Lewis Carroll's Adventures in Wonderland had 42 illustrations and, and there, was a, there was a lot of, of reference to the number 42 in Lewis Carroll's work. Um, he, he was a, a mathematician and uh, there's actually connections with uh, Douglas Adams and, and um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that relates back to uh, some of uh, Carol's works in that uh, both used fits as a, as a form of, of title chapter and um, so uh, th th there's some suggestion that, that 42 may have had a little bit of an influence uh, from, from Lewis Carroll um, and the last one I'm, I'm just going to mention here is um, the element um, Molly uh, Bendham has the atomic number of 42 and is also the 42nd most common element in the universe so lots of significance there to the number 42. Wow. But the, the, actual, the actual answer is as follows. So uh, this, this is actually a, a quote from Douglas Adams. And it reads, the answer to this is very simple. It was a joke. It had to be a number, an ordinary smallish number. And I chose that one. Bio representations, base 13, Tibetan monks are all complete nonsense. I sat at my desk, stared into the garden and thought, 42 will do. I typed it out, end of story. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. So uh, no, no real significance uh, uh, at all, apart from he thought it was a funny, funny number. Oh, there we go. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, 11th of May, um, you know, just, just a few days ago was, was actually the, uh, the anniversary of, of Douglas Adams um, passing away, which was in, in 2001. Um, and that leads on to the 25th of May, which is, you know, a, a date sh very shortly to be with us, which is, is uh, International Towel Day, where people will basically spend the day carrying a, a towel in honour of Douglas Adams and, and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So if you are about on the 25th and you see somebody with their towel, 
then you 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 know that they are um, obviously paying tribute to, to him. Will you be uh, carrying a towel around with you on the twenty fifth? Um, quite possible. I have done in the past. Yes, I know. I think you mentioned it because obviously with uh, uh, viewers, if you viewers again, I'm assuming that people are looking at us, listeners. Uh, able to go back historically through our uh, shows and see that we did obviously the um, special on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, talking about the book, the film and the radio shows uh, and a little bit about Doug Lear's Adams. Well, no, it's great. No, I didn't know that. So, no, thank you for enlightening me. Um, yeah. Very spectacular. 42, just plucked it out and then all these uh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic, that's the thing though, isn't it? I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people who don't necessarily believe in what he's just said and said, no, he's just saying that because mm -hmm. of, you know, he, he wants to, you know, uh, ensure was, something uh, else. You know, he, he was a great storyteller, wasn't he? And uh, you, you listen to some of his, his little kind of comedy, um, stories that he tells and just how the way that he crafts those so you know it could be that this was all, all part of, of that as well you know that's, that's i think part of the, the charm of it is, is maybe we'll we'll never know really truly the answer to that and uh it's um something we can debate and ponder on for forevermore 42. some people call me the space cowboy
'cause I'm right here at home. You're the cutest thing I ever did see. Really love your peaches, wanna shake your tree. Love it, dovey, love it, dovey, love it, dovey all the time. One of Kim Jong Un's generals is defected to the south. He, faint, he fancied a change of career. <laughs> A little bit of the bubbly.